Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show, where, you know, unfortunately, for now the second week in a row, we've got to start an episode on a down note. This needs to stop. I don't think I have the power to stop this. Well, fair enough, but yeah, two weeks in a row. But unlike last week, I don't believe that you're you've got a whole plan to you know it, it's it's really hard. So what we're talking about is um, the queen of the Nurburgring, mm-hmm. Sabine Schmidt, passed away this week. Wasn't she on the German Top Gear? She was on a lot more than a German Top Gear. Oh, yeah, she was on the Top Gear in which she um, was accompanying Jeremy as he tried to beat the Nürburgring in under, like, 10 minutes in some car. Close. So her first appearance on Top Gear was alongside Richard Hammond after Jeremy Clarkson drove some supercar on the Nürburgring and did it in 10 minutes. And apparently she reached out to Top Gear and said, yeah, that's nothing, I could do it the Nürburgring in 10 minutes in a Ford Transit van. No, she said that after Jeremy had set that lap. He, right. She said, That's what he just said, I could do that That's faster what... in a van. That's, That's what I said, what in he a just... Ford Transit van. No, you said that she called Top Gear. Called, emailed, it doesn't matter. She told. She reached out to Top Gear after Jeremy set his lap that he thought was so amazing and said she could do it in a Ford Transit van. And Top Gear said, okay. And they sent Richard Hammond out there and a Ford Transit van. And it took her like two tries. And she did it in a Ford Transit van. But that wasn't her only appearance on Top Gear. You'll also remember that in the next iteration of Top Gear, she was a co-presenter alongside Matt LeBlanc and appeared a couple times, I think, with Eddie Jordan as well. Probably. She definitely started to make regular appearances. Mm -hmm. Well, she was officially, when they had that massive group of presenters, she was one of them. And I think one of the things that they had done was they went out to the Mojave Desert and participated in like the King of Hammers truck racing tournament. And she, she, I don't think she won, but she did really well. (laughs) She was an amazing driver Mm -hmm. and a, a big advocate for women and women in racing and their abilities in racing yeah she's a two-time winner of the Nürburgring 24 okay and anyone who is a fan of the Nürburgring who, who dreamed of going out to the Nürburgring she was a driver of one of the drivers of the BMW ring taxi and the word that I had heard was that she was the one that everybody wanted to ride with because she scared the crap out of them. <laughs> okay. That, that, that's not a... It a was thing. not a tame ride alongside Sabine in the ring taxi. Got it. So, other news. We have not finished Drive to Survive <clears throat> yet. No, we've made it, what, three episodes in? Three. We watched the Valter, which, you know, I, I gotta say, my reaction to the third episode was kind of the same as Daniel Ricardo's reaction to the third episode. I'm not sure I was really ready to see all of Valtteri Bottas. 
<laughs> you didn't see all. Oh, you saw. You, you were looking at your phone. When they went into the steam room, you saw all of Valtteri Botas. Okay, we I need to thought, rewind that. I thought the third episode was the Ferrari episode. Was no, it? that may have been the fourth episode, was we need to talk about Ferrari. Yes. Because first episode was testing. Second episode was Mercedes in... No, it wasn't Mercedes in Russia. It was Horner challenging... It was all about Christian Horner. was second episode in okay. Austria. Yes, definitely Austria. Third episode was... Mercedes. Was Mercedes. Fourth episode was We Need to Talk About Ferrari. Correct. Which, awesome title. Yes. Awesome title. Definitely. Um... So we still have a ways to go. Um, you know, I, I've, I'm not sure. Sh- there, there's part of me that thinks that it's better than last year. There's part of me that thinks that, yeah, not so much. One of the things I struggled with is, and I know it's not their fault, but because of the COVID stuff, um, it, it's really hard to tell the difference between what's a testing session and what was practice and what's really in a race. Because there's nobody around. And I know that part isn't their fault. But I will say what really disappointed me so far, and maybe it'll come later, is how little attention was paid to the disruption that COVID caused and all of the work that was done to turn that season back on. And all of the things that had to have happened to bring Formula One to brand new tracks. And maybe it's going to happen in a later episode. But so far, all we've had is Zach Brown on the standing in the, the lobby of the MTC on the phone with Chase Carey going, oh, yeah, the season's going to be on. It'll be at least 15 races. Great. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. Well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. And it's, a, it's an odd way that they've put it together because it does bounce a lot more. And it always has. But, yeah. I mean, they're they're chasing the storyline, a storyline through, um, and I don't know if we've really gotten to that one yet. But I mean, there's some other storylines that I'd like to see, so I'm hopeful for the season. But we'll yeah, see. we'll see where it goes. Um, Gunther Steiner, who has become a fan favorite, favorite. Because he makes up his own cuss words. Well, that's some of it. For, for his no-nonsense, telling-it-the-way-it-is style, his interaction with the drivers, and his very colorful language. Um, Gunther says that he has absolutely no issues over his representation in the series. Hasn't he, like, never seen an episode of Drive to Survive? Well, yeah, there's that, too. Well, then he would have no issue with it. I mean, if you don't look, then you can't be upset by it, right? Something like that. So what what Gunther said is, we know filmmakers. They get the best they can out of it. That's pretty clear. I don't know how much was played up, and therefore I'm not with those who are critical about it. I don't know how they manage this stuff. That's why I don't have much of an opinion about it. It is well known that film people always try to get the best possible out of it so that the viewers enjoy watching it. We have to, and we can live with that. As long as the stories told there are not completely wrong, I didn't hear that actually, that it's untrue. Maybe sensationalized a little bit, but otherwise, I don't think much has changed in principle. At least that's how I understand it. But 
one of the things that they did this year, which apparently has not happened before, is while, yes, they kind of airdrop the, the crews in, because of the COVID restrictions, they spent more time embedded with the teams because they had to get into the bubble. And once you got them into the bubble, you didn't want them out of the bubble. Right. So they got more deeply involved with the teams. Well, and I think that shows. I also mm-hmm. think that one of the things that you do see in the early episodes um, is you they broke the fourth wall. They You see them mm-hmm. setting up the, the drivers for some of the, the takes and for some of the things. Yeah, I didn't need to see that part of it. That um, whole thing of everybody line up and stand here and think about whatever. And, and walk towards it. Yeah, I, that was lame, but whatever. But to me, it's about that's a breaking of the fourth wall. Yeah. You really do get to see what the interaction is. It's the interviews where they're like, you're not going to play the, the question, so I'm not going to answer you. Um, you know, it's the, it's the play between the two of them that I find very fascinating. Yeah. And I, this year, I think, what, at least from what we have seen so far, we're seeing a bit more of those interpersonal relationships and how folks are interacting. I mean, the whole thing about Christian Horner and his uh, interaction and thoughts around Total Wolf was fascinating. I, I, I was loving that. Mm-hmm. That and Valtteri sitting in uh, the the ready room and going, yeah, that's Lewis singing over there. I, I think he's a better driver than he is. <laughs> that was... <laughs> that was snarky and cool and made me like Valtteri even more <laughs> so I mean we need to see all of it yeah unfortunately we're having to see it in eyedropper fulls because our life got busy yeah it's that time of year well, something like that so well of course it is it's predictions those are coming that too and you know spring and spring causes stuff so um Williams has talked a little bit about their strategy error-wise this year. And they've made some very deliberate decisions. Seems Well, I, I won't pass judgment on them as of yet. They have adapted what is being described as a peaky, um, or yeah, a peaky aero platform. A peaky, okay. Yeah. I need somebody to use that in a sentence so that I understand what they mean by peaky. So George Russell's talked a little bit about this and and the philosophy behind it. Um, He says, we've opted to go down a bit of a route to give more downforce at the expense of being more sensitive. Ultimately, we recognize that we only need a couple of good outings. And if we were consistently at a set pace, as we probably were last year, we consistently won't be scoring points. You've only got to be quick at two races, for example, and you will finish potentially eighth or ninth in the Constructors' Championship. Haas scored three points last year and Alpha scored eight. We want to be as quick as possible when the stars almost align. That concerns me right there. The next thing he says is, We knew ahead of this season and confirmed in these days that our car was incredibly sensitive to the wind and the conditions of these past three days have probably brought out the worst of the car, which has been positive in ways to analyze. But equally, I think you'll see us, our performance is a bit of a yo-yo this season and unfortunately quite often in the hands of the wind. So they've made changes to the arrow that if the wind is in their favor, theoretically, the car will perform well. 
Okay. Just in this idea of maybe we can get points in a race or two. That's an interesting philosophy. I mean, it's an target int- specific races that you have a chance. It is. Now, where this logic falls apart, if you really look at how this works and what's going on. So basically, they've built a car that will not perform consistently. Right. Which they've done in the past. They built a car that will not behave consistently for the drivers. That's going to be a problem. There you go. So in order for a driver to get the most out of a car and to perform the best in that car, they have to be confident that it will react in the way they expect it to. So instead, what Williams has done is they've built a car that won't behave in a way that the drivers expect them to. It could be fun to watch. Yeah. This doesn't seem like a great idea. Again, they got to try it. They're new to, they're technically, they're an old name with new to the sport. So let's see what they can do. Yeah. I, I think any engineer who's got any experience here would have said, yeah, this is probably not a great idea. Um, and, I, and, you know, I applaud George Russell for coming out and speaking enthusiastically around this concept. I think he's going to regret it and regret it kind of quickly. I'm sure. I'm sure. So Mercedes, they, they, they look back at last week. Yes. Now, we haven't heard what happened in the filming day because it was a private session. But Mercedes says that they have no immediate answers for what caused the rear end of their car to be, as they put it, weak. Oh. The best that we can say is that um, it was clearly more wind sensitive than competitors' cars. Huh. Maybe they used the same design that Williams used? I don't think that was... I mean, they certainly... And and remember, the downforce rules around the rear ends of the cars have changed. It may be that Mercedes biffed it. We don't know yet. Granted, you know, we had the car that they said was a diva, and it still performed rather well. Well, yeah. I I don't know. So... When we started to talk about this, the first thing you said was that the other teams came out and said, yeah, right. Well, there there is a, there is a lot of that general reaction of, um, this is Mercedes. Come on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, really, we won't have a better idea until at least race two or race three, if there's actually a problem or if this is just more games. Is this going to affect your protection? Honestly, I haven't decided yet. Interesting. I have not figured that out yet. I still think that you're sandbagging the predictions because you know the questions. (coughs) Since you write the questions. Well, you know, if somebody else wrote questions too, you'd be able to have some input. But since none of you bothered, sorry. Well, That's the advantage that I get because I'm the one who made the effort. 
I if think you made the effort, you would. Wasn't have it like the first two years that we had predictions? I won despite the fact that Dad wrote the questions. I don't think you've ever won predictions. No, I've won them in the past. You probably don't remember them. No, I blocked that out of my I'm memory. Fair, I'm fairly certain we destroyed those. Uh, of course you did, because mm-hmm. you weren't going to accept the fact that at the time that the one person who watched the least amount of F1 was getting them right. I mean, I, I could go back and look through the, the vault of previous ones, but the door's locked, so sorry. Can't check. <laughs> You're out of luck. So did- if you can't check, you have no evidence <clears throat> against it, which means that it has to be true. But wait a minute. Did we leave that vault in Ohio when we moved? No, we didn't. I just decided not to open it. And by the way, in terms of the ruling, what's your ruling? That I've won the prediction show. And my ruling is that you didn't win the prediction show. So two to one, you lose. This is not the meeting of like the etern- the general whatever at like France. You know, we uh, <clears throat> you can appeal the UN it. General Assembly. Yeah, the General Assembly in which everyone got one vote, no matter what. Yeah, no, we can, you can, uh, you know, appeal it to the uh, motor racing uh, FIA court. Or the show's producer, which is me, so still, <laughs> you lose. <laughs> so you don't even know what um, the FIA stands for. I don't need to. Neither do you, so moving I on. actually kind of do. You kind of do. Anyway. Moving forward. Moving on. So, Lewis Hamilton. Hmm? Oh, I'm just... Come on, guys. So, Lewis Hamilton has um, announced that he's shuffled his management team. I thought he was his management team. Yeah, that was kind of my reaction when I saw this, too. I was like, wait wait a minute. I, I thought he let them all go already. Okay, so he has people. So, apparently, Mark Hines, who has been... Um, a close friend since their junior racing days. Um, he's worked closely with, with uh, Mark since 1999. And Mark has, I guess, decided to go pursue other interests. And now Lewis will have to change his approach to his management. I don't know. Seems interesting after the one-year contract that maybe I want, maybe I don't want, because I'm not sure I'm in Formula One. But I think I'm in Formula One, but I've done everything that I want. And Yeah, I don't know. I go back to, I really thought he was his management team. (laughs) Well, there's that too. So it sounds like um, plans are moving forward around sprint races. Okay. For three three test races of this concept. Um, The expectation is that probably there will be a vote next week um, between the teams. Uh, they seem to have a general idea of what they what they're looking for 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 rules for where they want it, um, impact around spares things of that nature. The one area that is still up for debate that they're still trying to work out is what the impact will be on the cost cap, uh. because there is an expectation that there is a higher chance of damage to the cars with an extra race and extra running, and with the cost cap that could be an issue. And apparently the smaller teams are like, well, yeah, we agree. And there should be some adjustments to the cost cap and some some additional payouts in the prize fund to offset it. Um, but it should be kind of small. And apparently the teams with the bigger bu- big, bigger budgets are going, yeah, the same thing, but it should be really big. 
Oh. <laughs> so that's what they have to figure out is the small team's going, yeah, this should be really small. And the big team's going, yeah, this should be really big. <laughs> kind of interesting the way the... Yeah, that was a very unique dynamic there. Why but... not have each team make, have like an, two, two like extra cars and they each make them and they're specifically designed for the sprint races? Because that still would have cost associated with it. That's the big question. If you have a pie that is 100% and every race is 2%, you add races, you don't get a and you don't get a bigger pie, every race then has to cost you less money and that has implications. Well, it, it's also the fact that the cost cap that is currently in play now was put in play with the idea of there being 23 races. And now there is the possibility of there being 26 races. So that changes the whole calculation. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Here. And if somebody bends a car in a sprint race, it's going to be a problem. And that's that's the concern is if, if a car is destroyed, how they handle that. They use the spare, they put the, together the spare car. Right, but you still have to pay for the replacement parts and all of those bits that were damaged and destroyed that you weren't planning on using. Mm-hmm. So that's the issue. So did you have a story or did you decide to abandon your story? So my story is not as big as any of those stories, but no, it's no. Sebastian Vettel. Yes, your favorite. No. <laughs> Wait, he's not your favorite anymore? No, that's Perez. Oh, he's changed loyalties. That's new. Okay. Anyway... <clears throat> Sebastian Vettel over the past years have had a tradition to have the German flag on his helmet. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like his German pride. This year, however, due to him being with um, Aston Martin and, D- and B- BWT being a major sponsor for with Aston Martin, he's had to switch out his helmet for a more pink helmet than having his German flag pride on it so sebastian will have a pink helmet yes instead of sporting his normal german flag german colored helmet i'm still holding to that the aston martin team is going to be the prep team good luck with that because it does not look like that's happening well the livery looks like the with the pink stripe on the green car looks a little preppy and now we're going to put a pink helmet in the green car they are doing the prep look they're just like a lacoste alligator away prepping for what if i may ask so prep was a fashion style in the 80s preppy preppy so as in people who went to prep school was this the fashion style that involved the really long hair? No. Oh. It was a lots of pinks and greens and tennis gear. So, moving on. You know, we do have a race this year that, as of right now, there's no track for. Well, that's because it's a street circuit, and we race as one and in Saudi Arabia. Well, there's that, too. The layout for the street circuit in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia has been revealed this week. Okay. So the 6.175 kilometer layout for the track will make it the second longest on the calendar after Spa. Whoa, that's a long track. 
in addition, they're expected their simulations and projections. They're expecting it to be the fastest street circuit on the calendar, and it's already going to be the longest street circuit on the calendar, with a uh, I believe it's an average speed of two hundred and fifty kilometers an hour. Whoa! Yeah. I mean, it looks like it's got some kinky bits in it, and not everything's a straight, but... That wow. part on, like, the <clears throat> far left kind of looks like something that you would use to open up bottles. <laughs> so, you know, my big concern... I mean, this does not look like a drive straight, turn, drive straight, turn, drive straight that Paul Ricard is. Mm-hmm. But that's my concern in looking at this, is that this does not have enough kinks and chicanes in it in in other general directions to have something that isn't a repeat of Paul Ricard just in the desert. Although it's not really in the desert. It's right on the coast. Yeah. So the long straights and high speed sections are that's what expected to deliver an average lap speed of around 250 kilometers an hour. And there's a potential for three DRS zones. Fastest part of the track is expected to be a long sweep down to the final left-hand hairpin corner, which is turn 27. There, cars could reach 322 kilometers an hour before, uh, before they approach the braking zone. Uh, the circuit is in a narrow area of land by the Jetta Seafront, features 27 corners, and runs counterclockwise. And the first corner is a tight left-right chicane. So very similar to Monza mm. in that respect. Now, what I don't know is how far the run is to that chicane. That's where it could get really interesting. That would be my first question is mm-hmm. how far is the run up to turn one? Yeah, that we don't know. Now, it has been designed in partnership with Tilki. Oh, okay. Which I I, I don't know where he is in, in his, you know, his peaking and, and his wave cycle for good tracks i mean he's had good tracks he has he's had bad tracks yeah i still want a worst track you want a worst track yeah could there be a worst track than paul ricard yeah there could be a worse track than paul ricard but isn't worst the name of the f1 driver who now designs tracks Versed. Versed. Worst. <laughs> Remind me again, what was Paul where was Paul Ricard? France. Oh. And we're going back there this year in theory. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Yawn fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, with the rules changing, teams are pushing for more testing next year. Really? They always push yeah. for more testing. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think there there's some they may be pushing to not test as much in Barcelona, though. Oh. You know, it, it's that challenge of the weather's kind of hit or miss in Barcelona. It's either really nice or it's snowy. cold and, and snowy. And, and at least in Bahrain, they've got some kind of consistency there. And a sandstorm. Well, yeah, there's that, too. Isn't, didn't they used to do it in Abu Dhabi? No. No, not in they, Abu Dhabi. They did oh. it at Haraf. Yeah, which is in Spain also. Correct. So, this week, since we are one week, exactly as we start now, one week away from the start of the Formula One season, we have our predictions. 
that we don't know what the questions are yet. Well, we don't, but this is where I share them. Okay. And we see how everybody reacts. So we open our predictions as we always do with the same question. Who will win the driver's championship this year? Hamilton. You know, that's different for you. You normally don't go that route. Well, maybe it's because he's lost that question every year. I'm going Lewis. I really believe that Lewis is in for this eighth. And I think I am too. What I'm trying to decide, though, is do I go different on the next question? Which is, again, a traditional question for us of who will win constructors this year, especially in light of testing. And it's, do I think that Red Bull was stronger this year and will start the season stronger this year? And I don't know. It would certainly be a massive shock to the system for a lot of people. Could you flip a coin for me real quick? No. I'm going Mercedes. Okay. Tails. I think I'm going Mercedes too. Since the coin flip came up tails, I'm going to go Red Bull. Okay. All right. So the next traditional question. Will Kimi Raikkonen leave F1 this year? No. No. I'm going yes. Because <laughs> it's wishful thinking. I'm going yes. Everybody else goes no. We'll see what happens. Here's another coin flip question. Will Lewis Hamilton retire at the end of 2021? I'm going to go with yes. I'm going on a limb here. No. Okay. Yes. Wow. So my thought here is, again, listening to the comments and the things that he said, that there's two different directions that can happen here. Either what we heard is he's kind of fallen at out of love with the sport and if he struggles this year he's gonna go i've done everything i've wanted i'm done or he could turn around and go i beat schumacher i've done everything i wanted to do i'm done both of those are possible what i i'm betting on is that he's going to get towards the end of the year and realize i still like it i'm still in it I think he's got one more. I think it's it's the eighth and then one more. It's a matter of whether or not he wants to, where he wants to take his voice. And at this point, I think that's a lot of his decision point. True. True. But I think myself is that Mercedes may be having a, more of a harder time trying to sign Lewis. Keep in mind that this year it took him until February, I think it was, for them to actually get, sign him a one-year contract. Mm -hmm. And Lewis wanted to have decision over who was going to be his own teammate. 
So maybe there could also be some pressure from Mercedes to get him to retire as well. Interesting thought. While we're on the topic of Mercedes, mm-hmm. will Mercedes sign George Russell for 2022? Yes. Yeah, I'm going with a yes there too. Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. This one should be a gimme. Who will score more points, Ferrari or Red Bull? Red Bull. Red Bull. All right. Everybody says Red Bull. This one should be a little harder, though. Who will score more points, Vettel or Leclerc? Vettel. So the boy says Vettel. Wait, what car is Leclerc in? Ferrari. (laughs) Oh, well, then in that case, it's Leclerc. Oh, he's going for Leclerc now, huh? Okay. I'm going Vettel. Okay. Vettel. And... I'm going with Vettel, too. Only because I'm not convinced that um, actually, no, I'm changing it to Leclerc. You think Ferrari's fixed their problem? I'm not sure if Ferrari's fixed their problem, but I'm not sure that the Aston Martin isn't going to struggle to start the season. Okay, fair enough. And that may put them behind. Fair enough. That that's That's what I'm going with. But on that same topic, who's going to score more points, Vettel or Sainz? That's really how much confidence do you have in Ferrari now? (laughs) This one is Vettel. And I'm thinking Vettel too. Yeah, you don't know how much confidence you have in Ferrari now. Science. Science. Okay. Because we can't all answer the same. Well, there's that. But I think that science will give Leclerc a run for his money. I think we're going to see some immaturity out of Leclerc. And then I also think that science will put it together consistently. And Vettel will struggle. To your earlier point, Vettel will struggle. Okay. Who will score more points? Perez or Botas? As much as I believe in Perez, Mercedes has just been too dominant. It's Botas. I don't know. I'm I'm putting Botas here, but that was deliberately a hard question. Botas. Okay, so we're all going Botas. Will Sebastian Vettel get a podium in 2021? I'm going with yes. Yes, he will get a podium. With how well um, past, um, well, with how well that team did last year, I'm saying yes. Wow, all yeses. 
This is going to be a tight prediction show when we do the reveals because there's only a few questions where we're different. I know, which is unusual. Okay, so here's here's a, a challenge. Will McLaren get a podium in 2021? And if so, how many? So is this question worth two points or just one point and you get a half a point if you halfway answer it? We'll decide at the end of the year. Remember, the points don't matter. <laughs> I mean, th- th- this is the question of, do, one, do we think they've improved and improved enough to challenge? And we know that Ricardo can get a mid-pack car onto a podium. He's done it twice. I fervently believe they'll have a podium. So, yes. Okay. I predict he will have three podiums by wow. the end of the season. Yes, and three. Mm-hmm. And this isn't just Ricardo. This is total for the team. Correct. Okay. I'm going with one. I'm going with no. All righty. No podiums from McLaren. Will Pierre Gasly get signed by a team other than Alpha Tori? No. I say no also. Does Do I get bonus points if I correctly guess which team he goes to? Yes. If you want to put it in there, yep, you can do that. So I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to say Red Bull. Red but, Bull, huh? Huh? Okay. <clears throat> Red Bull. Okay. Was there a but there? Um, I, My theory is that he may not be signed as a driver. He... um. If Alexander Albon doesn't do well as a test driver and Gasly does well part of Alpha Tori, then maybe another switcheroo. Interesting theory. Uh, I'm just leaving this as yes, Red Bull, and we'll see what happens there. All right. Oh, this this is a rerun from last year because we did not have Australia. Mm -hmm. We had to bring this back. Will Haas have pit stop issues for the third year in a row in Australia? And I'm going, yes. I'm going, no. Because <laughs> they will have practiced. Yeah, we thought they practiced the other two times. No. All right. How many more races will be canceled due to COVID? And we've already got one. China was canceled. None. Okay. None for you. I'm going with one. Wait, does mom's doesn't count because she said none and we've already had one? He said more races. Oh, okay. I'm going to go with one. All right. Another rerun from last year because we did not have the race. Will the banking cause issues at Zandvoort? And I said last year, yes, and I'm saying yes again this year. It was wrong last year, but, you know, (laughs) we didn't have a race, so. So it did not. We gave you the points for it, but, (laughs) yeah. Nope. No. I mean, yes. Yes, okay. Because they took out the banking on Monza for a reason. Yeah, but the banking at Monza was not anywhere close to what they put in it. Zanford. But anyway. Who will score more points? Renault or McLaren? McLaren. 
And I, I'm thinking McLaren too. Renault. Okay. And on the topic of Renault, Ocon or Alonso? Ocon. Okay, I'm going Alonso. Ocon. I'd rather Ocon get more points, but I'm going with Alonso. Okay. Next teammate battle. Norris. Or Ricardo. Ricardo. That's kind of where I'm leaning to. As much as, again, I want to see Norris do well. Lando, Calrissian, Norris. All right. Lando. As Carlos Sainz says. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who will score more points? Williams or Haas? Now we know that Haas is pretty much written off the season. Williams. But Haas, Haas, or excuse me. We know Haas is written off the season, but Williams went with a questionable philosophy with the aero design of their car this year. So the voice is Williams. And I may go, and and this is one that, that, you know, we may end up with having to go with just where they end up in the driver's championship, or in the constructor's championship, because they both get no points. Also possible. Um, I'm going Williams. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Mostly because I think uh, the driver who must not be named will crash and burn very badly dad is there some possibly taking out his teammate is there some strategy in saying that you are thinking williams but you put down haas i did not oh i did put down Haas. (laughs) oh did you do that last year did you cheat cheaterson well that's the thing if i was wrong it goes into the vault and we never see it again yeah that's the problem (laughs) yeah so anyway good catch thank you all right so finally, what is your big prediction? My big prediction that I went with. And yes, I will admit I had an advantage because I wrote the questions. But then again, you, we do this every year. So <laughs> you, you really should have been thinking about this for like the last three weeks. <laughs> Possibly when I told you I was writing the questions up, you probably should have thought of been thinking about it then. But I know you didn't. So anyway, but my big one is going to be that Mick Schumacher is going to move to um, Alfa Romeo for 2022. That's my big one. To Alfa Romeo? Mm-hmm. He will end up taking either... It'll be either Giovinazzi or Kimi that will not drive for Alfa in 22. And he's going to take the seat. One of the two. Hmm. That's interesting. <clears throat> do you have a prediction no i'm 
still thinking about something that isn't related to Crashy McCrasherson. Nor... Okay, but we have our prediction. That's what you got to be thinking about. Yeah, not... my pre- I'm trying to think of a prediction not related to Crashy McCrasherson or New Jersey. Hmm. Okay. There's so many options. And this is one we normally get wrong anyway, so, you know. Right. I mean, I always like to throw out something, like, out there, and then there was the one year I got it right, even though I thought it was out there. That was weird. Um, Vettel retires. Oh. Vettel retires, huh? Okay. That would be a big story. I think he's on a two-year deal, but if that's where you're going, we're going with that one. Okay. I predict that there will be a team sold or ownership changed announced this year. A team's ownership will change. Possibly at a Haas? Well, I think that it's either the potentials are either Haas or Williams that will either see a team lost or a team sold. I don't think anything will happen at Williams for at least a year. Well, what I'm wondering is if the end of this year. Mm. That That's where well, I'm It's got to happen before the end of the season. Right. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Well, because we do our... This is our season predictions, not the full year predictions. I understand. I'm given options. All right. Goes in the vault. Hit the save button on the vault. I will, but I got to rename this. I got to copy this because I do want to make sure that there is a blank version of this that goes up on the website. Oh. So I need to do that first. But this is saved in the cloud. Someone else's computer. Yeah. Well, Um, you know. So to our listener, listeners... (laughs) Please join us in the predictions, share your predictions, think of your own questions, think of your own predictions, join us in our little fabulous game, and uh, you have a week to set up a a fantasy uh, GP league. Yeah, we got to go and get that done too. Um, We'll put a note up once we've got that established. That'll be this week. Yes. And on that note, we'll call it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay. Phew.